Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, and joining me, as always, is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. And Ovi, usually this is where I would introduce you, but I'm, I'm going to take a second and uh, have a victory lap. I predicted 7-10 and 10 before the season. You did! Oh my god, And we got 7-10. Right. And, 10. and oh. <laughs> I, I, know, I know as a former athlete, like you guys work towards goals. You guys have championships <laughs> and Pro Bowls and things. There is nothing closer to winning a Super Bowl for a media member than nailing a preseason prediction. So I'm giving myself the, the Lombardi trophy uh, of yep. sports riding this year. 7-10, and 10, boom, what's up? How you doing after the loss, Ovi? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm living. I'm here. Uh, I wanted them to win, but uh, after you that went last to the game, I did go. To, you know, I did go to the game. That's why we lost. You you texted me saying <laughs> that we're we're banned from going to games. That might unfortunately be true because uh, I don't know, man. It just I got there. I thought I was going to like you know bring some positive vibes, and none of the vibes were positive. None of them. All all of them were uh, disappointing, negative vibes. I saw, and my family. The, the cool part was that. Again, the Falcons treated me nice, and I got to go to the fancy suites and got to show my uh, uh, my 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 son, my seven year old, who still doesn't believe that Daddy played football, that uh, <laughs> I used to be a big shot because I had some fans. Like there was like the eight fans who actually know who the hell I am, actually recognize me and say, "Oh, over my Haley! Oh my gosh, let me get a picture." They're they're really excited to see me. Which yeah, was, number one podcaster oh, in Atlanta. I mean that that is true. They 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 knew me from the podcast. <laughs> Definitely not my six years of playing with the Falcons. But uh, no, no, no. that they were um, giving me so much praise and love and adoration that my son was like, Daddy, did you really play football? I said, yes, I've been telling you this every year of your life. <laughs> yes, Daddy was the shit. Daddy used to, like, knock heads and take names and kick ass. And I didn't say that, but uh, a, yeah. a, a, a child-friendly form of that. So it was fun. I went to the game, and uh, uh, I, I got to see about three quarters of it because after that, the kids were tired. And I listened to the, Listened to it on the radio, heading back home, and it um it got a little better. When I left, uh, but it still was not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean they the the Falcons. I, I got to give them a lot of credit this year. Not not so much as in years past, but like they have been the kings of kind of the late fourth quarter touchdown drive Delicious. to make it respectable. Yeah. Um and and they did so again with uh, Russell Gage getting that one yard touchdown catch. Um, today's going to be a little bit of a different recap podcast because obviously the season's over. We don't have to sit here and wonder about what does this mean for the next game? All of that stuff. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> so, so we'll do a brief kind of recap on the Saints game. We don't have to spend too long on it. And then want to kind of look at some other important topics for the Falcons uh, kind of right now in the, the calendar year. We now know who their 2022 opponents will be. So I want to get your thoughts on on that. And then also just, you know, I saw Chris Mortensen yesterday tweet out that, um, you know, those expecting Matt Ryan to really maybe be in play for the Steelers might want to second guess that because I guess Arthur Smith, you know, again, this is all Chris Mortensen, ESPN reporter, does a great job, like forever has been way up there um, in, in my estimation as a reporter, but reported that Arthur Smith thinks Matt Ryan's his guy in 2022. So that's obviously, you know, huge news. Now, a lot can change between now and then. But that's kind of what we're going to talk about 
um, in today's podcast right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. I know the Falcons didn't do, uh, you know, particularly well at all against uh, the spread or probably in any form of uh, gambling uh, this 2021 season. But based on the way they performed, especially the uh, the way that they performed kind of later in the year, I expect that to change next season. And if you are inclined to take part in any Falcons betting next season or beyond, Bet Online is the best place to do it. It remains the number one spot for all of your basketball and football action this season and many more sports uh, coming throughout the sports season. So keep them in mind. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive your bonus. Remember guys, from any sport, whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, I could go on. Don't miss all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and the 2022 seasons when they get underway at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Ovi. So let's start with the game. Obviously, a, a 30 20 loss is not what you wanted to see to close out the year. Um, it did get me to my magical 7 and 10, um, but it's not what I wanted. You know, I, I would rather, I would have traded in, you know, my media member Super Bowl victory ah. for a uh, for a Falcons win to get them to eight and nine on the season. It did not would happen. You? Um, <laughs> would oh, you I really, would. I would. William? I would. Okay, I would do good. it. You know, uh, we can uh, we can take the yogurt lid gold medal that I gave myself and throw that away. <laughs> I'll I'll take an extra win um, on the scorecard. But it wasn't pretty, Ovi. <laughs> it no. was. It was not it Alvin Kamara. I mean, you you nailed it, dude. That X factor, he factored. And uh, yep. he did an excellent job. And uh, 146 yards on the ground, 30 Jesus, carries. That much? 30 carries. Taysom Hill threw the ball nine times. Now he got hurt. Trevor Simeon then came in and, and threw the ball 15 times. But still, 24 pass attempts. That's six less than Alvin Kamara had rush attempts by himself. So the Saints clearly had a game plan coming in. Did it feel... Yep. Did it feel like that was really the Saints MO in person, in the game, in the stadium? Was it apparent that the the Saints just kind of wanted to out physical Atlanta? It was. Uh, uh, When we were there, we uh, went to the suite down at the bottom where you're actually on the field, which is, you know, cool for the kids. Yeah, those are so cool. And, uh, you know, a couple people recognized me and they gave me some prime uh, uh, positioning right behind the Falcons bench. And the kids are up there uh, watching. And you could see because they were near midfield for a, a couple of plays, and it's like just a a moving wave of Saints offensive linemen pushing our defensive linemen, or a moving wave of Saints defensive linemen pushing offensive linemen around. And we did what we've done every season or every game: lost the war in the trenches. Like our our big guys are never winning consistently. We'll have a flash yeah. of Grady Jarrett here or a flash of a flash of Dante Fowler here or a flash <laughs> of our offensive alignment, you know, being being solid. But when it came to the Saints offensive alignment versus our defensive alignment, Brady's not big enough by himself to be that run stopper. And we've had games where I've, I've been slightly impressed at our run defense, but yeah. it's never been consistent. It'll be like for a drive or two, I'm like, ooh, wow, <laughs> Dion Boye, ooh, Grady got through. So, oh, wow, ooh, we hit him hard. but. As far as looking at the numbers at the end of the day, 
we're not there. We're nowhere close to being there yet. And Alvin Kamara knew that and took full advantage of that. Yeah. I First off, a flash of a flash. Just a brilliant, <laughs> a brilliant line by you. That That's so good. I'm stealing that. A flash, a flash of a flash. Um, exactly yeah, no, I, I mean, Grady Jarrett's a good run defender. Like, that. that's not what you're saying. It's just that he... He needs help. He can't do it by himself. He needs help. Right. It's Because being a good run defender amounts to what? Four or five like stops in a game, especially as an interior defensive lineman, if you're doing that four or five, like solo tackles in a game as a defensive tackle, that's like, you continue that throughout the season. That's pro bowl level though. Like you don't rack up the stats when you're an interior defensive lineman. It's a lot of thankless work where you're just eating up blocks and trying to make plays. The fact that Grady Jarrett makes the plays that he does is why we all talk about him. (laughs) Like we do is because he is so good with such little help. But I, you know, I, I tweeted um, this afternoon, God, the Falcons pass rush is even worse than we thought it was. Like the, it, 18 yeah. sacks this season in 17 games, dead last in the league. The, the Eagles are 31st and they had 29 sacks. So they are 11. What? They had 11 oh fewer sacks than the second worst team in the league. That is how far hey, behind the Falcons are. At least we're the best at being the worst in sacks, huh? <laughs> huh, William? I mean, the best well, that, to be the worst? That honestly makes, makes me even more impressed by, like, A.J. Terrell's season and the secondary and, yeah. and guys like that. Because you know the quarterbacks have all day to go against. I mean, it's almost like seven-on-seven seven out there against um, Atlanta's defense. So that's clearly got to be the number one um, approach for Atlanta. I think this offseason, the offensive line, you know, may be a, a thing as well, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if they feel like maybe adding a veteran in free agency, like maybe that's where you prioritize free agency is that offensive line, get one more proven guy to come in here. Um, but they also have some young guys they, they may want to see develop. Uh, but I think the defensive side obviously needs to get addressed. Free agency, yeah. draft, throw everything you have at it. Um, Dean P's kind of, alluded to as much today um, during his press conference saying that, you know, whether it be new talent in place or just another year of kind of learning the scheme, all of that, but certainly they're going to have some turnover. Let's flip to the other side of the ball real quick, though, for Atlanta. Kyle Pitts did not get the rookie record. Um, I should mention Foye Luikin. He uh, ended the year as the NFL's leading tackler. So one bright spot for Atlanta's defense. He's, He's so good. It, it, it is, but is it awesome if you're like <laughs> on the field all the damn time and you can't yeah, stop I mean, that's, third down and that's the another tackler? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have the opportunities to, to yeah end up as because the offense is going three and out and because you're on the field all the damn time and because you're get, letting them you know convert third downs that helps. Me. I mean, again, <laughs> not trying to you know play rainy like day. This is like the the college football schedule conversation where it's like well what do you expect him to like you only play the schedule that you're dealt yeah you got to make the most of it like at least he's making the tackles he has to make tackles so so (laughs) at least he's making them you're absolutely right i I don't want to you know poo poo on his parade um he he is well deserving (laughs) and how about that for your freaking contract year to be lead the league in tackle dude right talk about being he's gonna get paid and i I don't think he'll be with the falcons i don't think he is um, you I, don't. I like him okay. I do, I, I do not think he's going to be with Atlanta because uh, our, our guy, Terry Fontenot, is such a, a wily, crafty individual. Um, I, he knows I think the importance of a middle linebacker, though, and so does Dean Pease. He, he, he does, but he also knows that overpaying for guys is what got Dimitrov 
in the situation in the first place. But and we haven't so seen he, the contract yet. So we don't know if they're going to overpay. True, We're true, assuming true. that they're going to overpay. Well, I, I'm just assuming that because he led the league in tackles that, you know, he's going to ask for stupid money that he's going to deserve <laughs> every penny of. But the Falcons mm-hmm. aren't going to try to be, you know, in a hole like they like. What were they doing? And we'll get to this later. Like, just <laughs> I was listening to some talk radio and they're talking about all the contracts that Dimitrov did and how he's giving Julio money with three years left on his contract and, you know, doubled up on Matt Ryan's got years left and giving all these guys money. And and now, like, we can't get we'll get rid of it. We'll get to it later. But like, we're <laughs> we can't have Terry Fontenot make the same mistakes that uh, our, our guy, other GM, uh, uh, what Dimitrov Thomas. made. Can't have it. Can't have it. I, I don't I don't think he I don't think he will. And, and I I understand some of the reasons why Thomas made the decisions he made. But obviously, the, everything played out the way that they played out. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and, and defend a former GM when we've got more things to talk about. And offensively uh, for Atlanta, how frustrating was it for you particularly to see Mike Davis put the ball on the ground twice? What, and what? I, I was yelling at him from up at the stands and. I was Did he look he up and say, him. oh, that's Ovi Mahaley? He's like, hey, he's my buddy. You know, we, we, we exchanged <laughs> cell phone information. I, I feel like we're friends now. I, I text him. He texted me. I text him. and He ignored me. He ignored me. <laughs> and he, I said, oh, sorry, dog. I was at practice. Like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, make sure yeah. no, I was cool. with the trainer, bro. I, I, yeah, I'm trainer, sorry bro. I'm late, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, no, uh, Mike, Mike is uh, a soon-to-be friend of the show because he promised to hop on the podcast sometime in the offseason. Friend off-season. of the pod. Yeah, soon to be friend of the pod. But uh, he's someone that I was really, really disappointed in uh, when he dropped those balls because I wanted him to have a nice crescendo for the season that was unfortunately not what he wanted. Uh, he, he didn't have the success, especially not early, that he wanted. It was the Cordero Patterson show. It was the, you know, Cordero Patterson show and his show only. Like Mike Davis was an <laughs> afterthought until mid to late season. He started showing us some flashes. Not even a flash or a flash, but like a solid flash and he gave everyone who doubted him a reminder that, hey, why didn't Carolina? Wasn't a mistake. Like, I'm good, and I can play. And he had some runs uh, the last couple of games that made me say, all right, this one-two punch is something yeah. that we were talking yeah, about. The running game for the He was playing so well, Mike Davis. And, like, even in this game, five dude. yards of carry, he just put the ball on the yeah. turf. You can't do you can't that. You can't do that. You can't. Uh, not, not twice. You definitely not can't twice. do it twice. Definitely. Sure, not I, I do it once in a season and like, you know, I'm getting stoned. Uh, but uh, I, uh, as a tailback who's supposed to not fumble the ball, um, I, I know he's kicking himself, especially we, we don't have a game to get that monkey off your back or to wash your mouth out with this, that taste of fumbling. He has to wait a whole year or a whole season to get yeah. back and wipe that away. So it's going to be rough. No, one thing I really appreciated with him was uh, on you know his social media platforms. He he owned up to it. Yeah, you know, he he posted a message basically saying like I wanted to come out here and perform well for this city for this team. Like he obviously this means a lot to him. He's from Georgia. Like he he yeah. wants to play well for the Falcons and and was just kind of like look I I didn't I didn't do my part. I let our team down and this sucks and it hurts and it's really honestly refreshing to kind of see you know there's so much accountability within team buildings but sometimes there's this barrier um in terms of accountability between the team and the fan base and sometimes i think fans just really enjoy seeing that emotion come through with a player not just from the positive stuff but also the negative stuff i think fans are a little bit more willing to forgive a player if they see that humanity because like you can i could put myself in mike davis's shoes and be like yeah shit man like if i fumbled the ball twice 
I wouldn't feel good either. Or like I freaking feel never. There's no hiding from that. There's no everybody. It's on film. You got to watch it multiple times. You know it's coming. It's like there. There's just no hiding. You hurt your team, and I. I don't know. I just I respected Mike Davis for at least owning up to that, and it. It seems like he's a really good, um, good person. So we're not gonna harp on it anymore. But but that was tough to see. Russell Gage though. Uh, continues to, he to play really well. So good. Yeah. I, that hurdle. He, he, the hurdle, he, though. He's not so good, but compared to where I thought he was and seeing what he's given us, he's so good. He's, the, he's that, the foyer. He and foyer, same draft class. He's the foyer of the offensive side of the ball. Every exactly. year, just getting better, doing exactly. what you need him to do. Exactly, because I wasn't thinking of Russell Gage in this light when Calvin Ridley and Julio were there. I, uh, nope. I, I just... I, 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 he was I a special teams Russell. player. Exactly. And that's it. Like yeah. He's not going to get on offense and wow me. He's not going to scare anybody. He's not going to be a threat. He's not going to score big plays and big situations. He's a special teams player. And Russell... He's not going to throw 50-yard passes to Calvin Ridley no. against the Chargers last year. We all forget. They didn't even unleash Russ, Russ the QB this, this year. They didn't. Let, let, let him, uh, you know, in, in the uh, background. But um, <laughs> that, that, they showed slow motion, that hurdle. And it's reminded me on how athletic he is and how good he can be if he just stays the course, continues to get better. So um, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. I don't know if it's, if it's his contract year as well, but uh, you know he he put himself in a good spot as far as no Calvin Ridley, no Julio. I won't, I won't say no problem because there's still a problem, but <laughs> I could still be uh, a QB two in this league. He's like I could be a solid QB two versus. If you give me a Calvin Ridley or you know Kyle Pitts or somebody else, talking about could be a, a wide receiver, WR two, uh, wide receiver two for uh, NFL. Because I didn't think there's any way possible he can be like a, a Michael Jenkins or be a Muhammad Sanu or be a number two, but I think he can. Yeah. And last thing from the offense, I I just want to get your perspective on this because obviously I've I've seen him up close in person at practices over the years. Um, Quadri Allison has never really gotten the run that I kind of feel like he deserves at least one shot. He had one carry in the game. It went for a 19-yard touchdown. Boom. What did you what have you seen from Quadri Allison this year and does he deserve does he have kind of what it takes to like be a an actual running back in the NFL? Cuz yes. I feel like yeah. when he's gotten the ball this year he's done well. And I feel for him cuz I've been in running back meeting room after running back meeting room after <laughs> running back meeting room in Baltimore and Atlanta where I see the practice squad guy, I see the guy who was, you know, uh, an all, you know, Alcorn State, you know, went to a smaller school, Division Two, and broke all the records. And just yeah. doesn't have the name, uh, record, the name recognition, doesn't have the pedigree that some the of these players other backs know. have. And he can still play. He can ball yeah. and practice. You watch him do up the first team defense just as much as the starting tailback. Yeah, the practice that, squad stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you're like, oh, well, that's just practice squad. Well, that's just, you know, uh, during practice when you're in the game, it's different. And then he shows you that he has the capability to do the same things in the games like like he did uh, here. I feel for those guys because they have to fight those inner demons that are just so envious, so jealous, so angry, which can consume you to where you're not ready for your opportunity. So he's able to control that rage and, and anger and irritation that he's not getting the opportunity to show what he can do and instead use it to fuel him when he gets to, gets that chance. Because every time, almost every time he's accepted on the field, 
good things have happened. When the yeah, ball's he touched runs hand, hard. Good thing, oh, real hard. I mean, oh, granted, so. he's fresh, but he <laughs> yeah. runs real hard because he wants to show y'all, yo, suckers, that he <laughs> is the truth. He's, he's he's a real NFL running back that can play. So I, I'm hoping that you know he really gets a chance to to shine. I don't know how it's going to happen if we bring back uh, uh, Corderell and Mike Davis because uh, you heard of one-two punches. You very rarely hear about one-two three punches in college, maybe. But in the NFL, one, two, three punches is hard to happen because no one gets in the rhythm. And yeah, um, not unless you're Kyle Shanahan. Someone's going to have to get hurt for him to really get a chance to, to play. But I, I think he's good. I, I think he's really good, too. And, and I mean, I, I remember talking to him uh, as a rookie, talking about like special teams, the mindset. Um, seemed like he was all in. You know, whatever I got to do to help this team, good. Which, I'm a media member. You know, what the hell are you going to say to a media member? Um, but he... he backs up the talk, I think, with with a lot of his play on the field. And and I would not be shocked if he goes, if he doesn't come back to Atlanta, he's an exclusive rights free agent. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for Atlanta to, to bring him back uh, and and maybe move him to the number two. And you got CP as your as your one and and maybe Mike Davis is the guy left out. Who knows? But I like I would I would be all for giving him a shot here in Atlanta. Um, so all right, that is it for the Saints-Falcons game, a 30-20 loss. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Ovi, I want to get your thoughts on the 2022 Falcons opponents. I've got the list here in front of me. I'm going to read them out to you. These are the home games. Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Chicago Bears, and the Los Angeles Chargers, in addition to, you know, the NFC South opponents, they will have Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers, the away games, Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers. Then you've got the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Washington soon to be named, but also formerly known as the football team. Yeah. Um, The football team formerly known as the football team. Um, what do you <laughs> kind of like off the top of my head, a lot of playoff teams in there, you know, you got the, the cards, 49ers, Steelers, um, Buccaneers, obviously chargers just missed out as we saw, uh, last night. That was crazy. And, um, then, but then you've got the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Jamar chase. That'll be fun. The Rams. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, a good, a good slate, a, a lot of interesting, I think, teams for the Falcons to play. What, what are your initial thoughts on the 2022 opposing opponents? Man, my initial thoughts are that I, I, I hope we win a home game or more home games this year because <laughs> more than one it's, it's at least cause we had a, a rough uh, stretch where the better teams we played at home and some of the easier teams we played away and it made it to where we didn't really have a home field advantage because our fans, I was, you know, what? that's why I noticed I was there yesterday and it was the Saints. Like it was, Dude, the it was empty. We hate the Saints. Yeah. And the crowd was not into it the way no. they should have been versus Saints game. Like they were not. I was telling my daughter, it's like, let's scream, let's get loud, let's get loud. And we were yelling, and we, I can hear every one of the, the members of my family because no one around us was yelling uh, as, as loud as we were. They were just like mm, the last it. real mm. crowd that I remember in Mercedes-Benz Stadium was week two. In 2018 against the Eagle, or 2019, I believe, 
against the Eagles when Julio kind of caught that screen pass and and ran mm-hmm. it all the way in at the end of the game. But that was Sunday Night Football Week Two. Ooh. They were zero and one, and they made it one and one, and then everything went to hell yeah. <laughs> after that. Yeah. And that was the last. That was the last time I remember kind of like a real crowd with energy in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's uh, it's night and day, especially when I played on the ground level. I know what um, a stadium full of Falcons fans sounds like when they're going yeah. uh, all in. And I've been to, you know, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, all the, 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 the you know, the bigger games. And I, again, know what a crowd sounds like. To be at a Saints game and to be, you know, lower level, sitting in the family and friends section and thinking that, these people are going to go crazy because it's their family and friends on the field. Everyone was tired. They were just tired of the season. <laughs> they were tired of watching the Falcons not live up to their potential. They're tired of the, of the fumbles, of the drop passes, of you know the poor decision making. They're just tired, and they tried their best to woohoo it and let's go. And people were leaving early, uh, even though the game you know had a small chance of us doing something. I left early because my kids were tired. And they had school today, <laughs> uh, uh, the next day. Um, but everyone was leaving early. I was just like, we need some energy. We need a big signing. We need a, uh, you know, not even a big signing. We just need to show people we can win at home. Because I think that teams are better when they have home field advantage, obviously. But they're also better when they have that moxie of, this is our house. You come yeah. to our house, yeah. you got a problem. And at least, I don't think that the upcoming schedule is going to be as daunting as this year's schedule is with uh, the games. Even though we lost some really, really bad games early on this year with teams we should have beaten, I think not fully chalk it up to, but chalk some of that up to learning a new scheme with a new coach, uh, yeah. with uh, yeah. you know new players, and they had to kind of get comfortable in, in their own skin. I love this. I disagree. I, I think oh, that... Do um, you? You're not allowed to do that. Great. I... <laughs> I think I actually think that in hindsight, this year's schedule, you know, I I know when we were looking at it, you know, literally this time last year and looking at kind of the the Falcons upcoming slate, they had one of the hardest strength of schedules um, in the league. I kind of I kind of think in hindsight, you know, that the wins that they had came against kind of the worst teams in the league and they happen to play a lot of the worst teams in the league. You know, they happen to play the Giants. They happen to play the Jets. They happen to play. You know, I know the Dolphins went on that big turnaround. Brian, Brian Flores getting fired is is weird, but seems like there was more reason behind that. But like they they kind of they kind of had some easy wins on the docket. I think this year, next year, I don't know if there are that many just kind of like easy wins. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Cardinals, 49ers, Browns, Steelers. Like maybe the Steelers post Big Ben. We'll see what they can do there. The Panthers, you know, that they, they are kind of where the Falcons are. The Bears, that could be a big overhaul, but Justin Fields in year two. The Chargers, they didn't make playoffs, but they're one of the best teams, I think, kind of up and coming in the league. The one kind of saving grace, I think, is that the away games, Ravens, Bengals, that could be cold weather. Washington, depending on when it is, could be cold weather. Seattle could be cold weather, but we know the NFL likes to do those um, division matchups later in the year. I kind of think we're going to have an earlier run of some AFC North action for the Falcons, which is exciting. Like that's the time that I think you want to get the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, the the Bengals is probably early in the schedule before those teams really start to find their groove. Um, So I think that that 
is going to benefit Atlanta. And, you know, who knows, man? We saw them play in the in the snow and play like their best game of the season. Oh, my so God. Maybe the, the Falcons Bills need to be an outdoor team. A w. I mean, imagine. <laughs> I don't like to say what if, but what if? And the Kansas the City game last year, like late in the year. Yeah. This team is just meant for the cold. What are they doing in Atlanta? I don't know. What, what if they beat the Bills, dude? What, if they beat the Bills, beat the Saints, and we're in the playoffs right now. Oh, my That'd God. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> nice. I think, I think you and I are going to be on the same page on this topic. But Matt Ryan, so obviously Chris Mortensen's report that Arthur Smith, you know, came to Atlanta wanting Matt Ryan to be the guy, wants Matt Ryan to be the guy in 2022 again. I mean, I'm all for that, dude. After everything that I saw this year, I think that if you traditionally look at Matt Ryan's first seasons with a coordinator compared to his second season, there is a clear jump. And as long as Matt Ryan is still physically capable of, of doing everything that a quarterback needs to do, and there's no reason at all to believe that he's not. I mean, also, let's just knock on wood. Th- this guy is the most durable quarterback in like, the league. I mean, he, he just gets hit so frequently, never gets rattled, always seems, you know, like he puts every play behind him immediately. I don't know if yep. that's something you could speak to more as a, as a teammate of his, but it just seems like the sky could be falling and this guy's going to be like, well, yeah, but the sky's not falling over here. So let's go over here and like figure it out. Um, so I'm all for Matt Ryan being back in the fold next season, even though his cap hit is going to be big. They'll have to figure out the financials. But if Matt Ryan's on this team, I view that as a, as a net positive for Atlanta. No, so it's a huge net positive for Atlanta. Uh, I, we're, I, I understand that those who do not like Matt Ryan, um, because you I don't have your opinion, uh, <laughs> but I don't understand the football sense of that. I mean, you could not like me. You cannot like my reckon. I mean, they're, they're Matt Ryan. There's some people who don't like you, William. So, believe it or not, there are people who don't like the podcast, but they're entitled to their opinion. It makes me sad to be wrong. Yeah, they're entitled <laughs> to their opinion to be wrong. And if you look at the stats, you look at the eye test, you look at every form of, you know, objective uh, classification of what Matt Ryan has done and, and can do for the team. It makes sense to keep him. I understand that the cap hit, but especially because of that, you can't get rid of him. And why would you want to? Because you have no one else yeah. to replace him with. Uh, there was a, a small blurb about uh, Arthur Smith uh, pushing back against Chris Mortensen um, uh, 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 report, saying that, "Hey, uh, we don't. Let we haven't talked to Terry Fondo. Yeah. yeah, we media doesn't make our personnel decisions. And he made sure to say, with all you know, due respect to uh, the media, because." Like you mentioned, Chris Mortensen, I, I got a chance to meet him at a Super Bowl I was covering a while back. Like he is one of the top guys and very unlikely that he says things without having some sort of yeah, inside yeah, information. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you're not getting rid of Matt Ryan. I know you want to <laughs> make it seem like, hey, we want to leave all windows open and doors open because you never know. And I get that. That's that's smart. Uh, it's like, well, you want me to promise you that Kyle Pitts going to be in the roster next year? Like. I, I, I get your point, but well, because Terry Terry Fontenot would approach this as like, hey, if we you're anything you say could cost us leverage. If teams go, yeah. we want Matt Ryan back. Like my exactly. job is to sell them on the fact that no, we're we're open to moving Matt Ryan for the yep. right offer. Here's what that right offer is. You don't have to let teams know that you don't really want to move them. You want to see how far that price can be pushed up to maybe there is a point where it's a Godfather offer, and you can't refuse. Um, so. Yep. Yeah, I get I get that side of it. Um, it. But it seemed notable that Arthur Smith or that Mortensen reported that yep. Arthur Smith said what he did. Yeah, I, I again, I played with Matt for uh, uh, 
a, a good amount of years and just knowing his passion and drive uh, to win, I, I think that that's an intangible that you, you can't find in a lot of players. I mean, most people who would get banged around the way he gets banged around, be one of the most sacked quarterbacks for the time he's been playing in the league, they would lose their shit. They would literally be cussing out office linemen day in, day out, and just be difficult to be around. Somehow, some way, he's able to still focus, deliver, and lead the league in several passing categories year after year. Uh, he's not the problem. I've said this several times. I'll say it <laughs> No, he's times. not. We have to. He's not the problem. We have so many other problems we need to deal with, not named Matt Ryan. <laughs> One of the, uh, you know, the, the many, I guess, similarities that you and I share is that we've seen Matt Ryan in the locker room. Now, obviously, you've seen Matt Ryan in, in a locker room uh, setting that, that is more private than the one that I saw him in. <laughs> but true. The, like, the, the dude that you get on the podium, the dude that you get in, in the freaking Tide cold water commercials, like, that's Hilarious. Matt. He just, like, he just walks around, hey, what's up, man? You know, holds a door open. Like, I remember one of my first, may have been, like, my first month working for the Falcons, and I pulled up to the facility, and I think Matt was leaving um, one one afternoon or morning after getting treatment or, or whatever, held the door open for me. It was like, hey, man, how are you? Like, you have a good day. And I was just like, you're Matt Ryan. What's up? <laughs> but yeah. that's just the type of person he is. Like, if if you're in his proximity, he's going to be a really nice dude to you. And, and I think that that's, to me, it's very notable that the Falcons have gone through now three head coaches in Matt Ryan's tenure. They've gone through five offensive coordinators. Wow. Four, I guess, if you're going to count Dirk Cutter twice. But... Uh. But none, all of them have said the same thing about Matt Ryan. You know, they've all just said, we're really happy Matt's here. Matt, you can win with Matt. And I think that that's notable. And if, if the guys leading this organization continually say that, then as, as fans, we got to stop pointing to him. Sure, he's, you know, it's always exciting. It's a grass is greener on the other side kind of deal. When you've got Joe Burrow, like throwing for 500 yards... Ooh. Oh. You have no idea where the ceiling is, and it's incredible. Yeah, that, that, that is exciting. It's I'm so exciting. There, I'm not, I'm not, uh, there's a reason why we all pick the worst team in Madden, and we try to build them, because it's kind of fun, storyline-wise, story to get that young dude and be like, I got him for the next 16 years. You know what's also yeah. fun, though? Is watching Ben Roethlisberger choke up and cry as he's saying his final goodbye at Heinz Field in front of fan bases that have watched him for 20 years. And Matt Ryan has done all of that. And I hope he ends up finishing his career in Atlanta because he deserves to have that type of moment. We don't talk yeah. enough about the fact that 2008, like it pisses me off when people point to Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger as like the only two quarterbacks to like do really well as a rookie. Matt Ryan in 2008 yeah. came in and led you guys to the playoffs as yep. a rookie. His After first freaking off pass. A four-win season. Uh, the worst, like... You want to talk about a franchise in disarray. The Falcons could have been the Jets or the Giants if not for drafting Matt Ryan. And, there you go. And it like Every it's example. it's it's amazing to me. So I, I I hope he's back here in 2022. I, I think that this team should build up the roster around the quarterback position before fully addressing that position. Um, we know the the clock's ticking on Matt, but as he showed this year, certainly is capable of doing it all, and I expect him to be even better. Um, in 2022, if he is back, but Ovi, that's I think that's it, man. You got any 
final things to say before we uh, we log off for the last regular season um, podcast. We'll we'll probably do a like kind of a full season uh, diagnosis, a uh, post mortem, I guess, later this week, and then in the meantime, you and I will figure out what our schedule will be moving forward. Um, so, you got anything else to say? Um, no, uh, just, it's been a fun ride, uh, first year, regular season, uh, in the books. Uh, I, I want to thank you, especially Mr. William for, for working with me and my schedule and allowing me to be a part of this. It's been fun. I'm glad I didn't get some type of, uh, uh old jerk face that, uh, was difficult to, uh, <laughs> talk anime with and, and, uh, good, good food, good movies, but, uh, yeah. you're, you're a young jerk face. So you're, you're, you know, uh, hey, younger yeah. you're, you're, you know, fun, young fun face with an old jerk's personality. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's been a, a real fun. I had an itch to scratch, talk sports, and I'm talking my wife's ear off, and you know, uh, uh, doctors <laughs> I work with talking their ear off, and they're just like, uh, "That's that's great." Um, all right, well, moving on. Uh, but now I can talk to you know all of our millions and millions of fans who listen to us about Falcons football and how we're going to finally turn the ship around with Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. Uh, I believe more Terry Fontenot than Arthur Smith. Uh, Arthur has shown some some good things, but I, I like what Dean Pease is doing. I think we have a lot of uh, good pieces, but the momentum is heading in the right direction because we are not happy with 7-10, but we also didn't think we'd be at seven wins <laughs> after last <laughs> season with a new uh, head coach. So that's the big picture we need to really zoom out on and be appreciative for because this is going to have us getting ready for a nine or 10 win season next year. I think if we could win seven wins with this team and these players and these circumstances, Oh, next year <laughs> I'm about to get, get real optimistic and throw a nine or 10 win season uh, on the table because I feel like we can get it done and we'll learn from our mistakes. Well, Ovi, I, I, I predicted seven and 10 uh, before the season. So, so I'm going to go ahead and lay down my prediction for 2022 right now. Do We're it. going 17 and 0, baby. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you woke up from that dream. <laughs> oh, man. Nope. Nope. Not nice. giving my prediction until, uh, until August. So uh, you guys will have to uh, stick around until then. Keep listening. We're going to keep you on the hook and uh, we'll see if I can go 2-0 as the host of the Believe in Falcons podcast with my prediction. Um, but Ovi, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for uh, going through the season with me. I, I enjoyed talking about the intricacies of Cordero Patterson's uh, running and Grady Jarrett's yep. defensive line play with you, my friend, um, all season long. So Thank you all for listening as well. You know, we, we started this podcast before the season uh, pretty much from the ground up. Again, continues to grow every single week, which is awesome. Um, please continue to spread the word. I know the season's done with, but we will try to find some really like to me, this is when I get excited. I feel like this is when the creativity really can come through because when you have nothing to talk about, you get to talk about anything, right? So we're going to yep. come up with some fun stuff uh, to keep you all entertained it may not be twice a week that's uh crazy we also have lives that we need to get back to but um we will be providing some constant entertainment for you guys so please like subscribe rate and review um let us know what we can work on if you have any ideas for us next season as we get things kind of re-rolling let us know um but as always guys happy new year go falcons and uh take care 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.